Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here we go. Hour two of the show. Scott Kushner, Daniel Salerson this hour as we talk a little Pelicans and NBA Finals. And the Warriors, great game yesterday. Warriors extending the series to game six. It goes back to Oakland. Talk a little Kevin Durant as he tears his Achilles tendon. Just a a devastating injury for KD. And why all of this talk over the last three years or so, that KD is selfish, he is soft, he's a bandwagon guy. Boy, those look extremely foolish and, frankly, pretty dumb right now by everybody. And why Klay Thompson, if you look at the numbers here, Klay Thompson might have a pretty serious case for finals MVP if the Warriors come back to win it. If. Now, that's a big if. they got to win two games still. And right now, I still think it's Steph Curry for a variety of reasons. Steph has been great. Also, because he's never won one before, he's going to get the sympathy vote here a little bit. But we'll talk a little NBA finals. However, with the Pelicans, you had Zion Williamson in town today with the Pelicans. You also had Swin Cash, the new vice president of basketball operations for player development, giving her introductory press conference and it's been nothing but roses for the pelicans recently and in fact the the basketball conversation across the entire country has shifted to the pelicans recently everything's revolving around the pelicans here with zion and also with the anthony davis trade scenarios and discussions we told you yesterday this i don't know exactly why it was breaking news that everybody thought oh man the pelicans are looking at a multi-team deal a three four-way deal when trading Anthony Davis, I don't know why exactly that was breaking news or seemingly coming out of nowhere from the national reporters, but it was. And I'm going to get into some of those possible trade partners and scenarios with Scott Kushner, the advocate here, in just a second. I do want to mention this, and I'm just having fun with this. I have gotten stuff wrong in my career, and uh, the guy I'm going to mention here, Adam Schefter, he is a better reporter than I could ever hope to be. He covers the NFL uh, at, a, at an all-time elite level, right? We never really had a guy like like Shefty. There's certainly at least very few guys or gals like Shefty. But he got it wrong today again. I don't understand why these great, and I really mean this, this isn't tongue-in-cheek, you have some great national reporters. When they talk about the Pelicans, they seemingly always get it wrong. We had Jackie McMullen, Hall of Fame reporter, and writer up in Boston, she went on ESPN, I think, and started talking about how, well, Gail Benson is blocking, I think she used the word scuttlebutt, the scuttlebutt is Gail Benson is blocking a trade with the Lakers. Gail Benson then had to make a statement <laughs> through Fletcher Mackle that says, no, that's not true. Of course, we got all the reports with Anthony Davis, and, and he's going to be traded to the Lakers during the season. And now today, we had Adam Schefter saying that, well, it's a busy day for Mickey Loomis because the leader of the Pelicans basketball operations, not only did he sign Cameron Jordan, but he's also going to be talking to Zion Williamson and having to run things over there with Swin Cash. Uh, newsflash to everybody who's listening across the country, if you don't know, Mickey Loomis is not running the Pelicans anymore. He hasn't for over a month. That's now David Griffin's job. 
he was hired and given unilateral control to the New Orleans Pelicans franchise. In fact, that was a mandate that he gave Gail Benson in order to come down here and try to right this ship. I just thought it was funny. Like, uh, There's few people in our business that are wrong less than Adam Schefter. I really mean that. It is no surprise to me that he was wrong when he's talking about the Pelicans because everybody's wrong when they're talking about the Pelicans. I don't understand. It's like when when you cross the Mason-Dixon line or something, that you just start getting stuff wrong or they just start guessing. No, they're, they're not guessing. And it's, again, that's tongue-in-cheek there. They're not guessing. Neither was Jackie McMullen. But this is becoming this is becoming a little bit of a disturbing trend. And this is another reason why that everybody listening out there, and you need to tell your friends this, instead of listening to the national guys and gals and the networks and the radio shows for your Pelicans news, Anthony Davis news, Zion news, uh, maybe you start listening to the local people here because we know what we're talking about. We don't get it wrong every other day like the national shows and reporters. It's weird. It's it's weird. Every time I see a Pelicans report now, I just got to scratch my head and go, well, is this actually true? Because I don't know. They've been wrong so often in the past. I thought it was funny. We're going to take an early break here. Scott Kushner, we're hoping to get him on when we come back. Um, I know Scott was busy today uh, out there at Pelicans Camp, and I know he was doing a couple of radio shows. We'll see if we can get Scott when we come back here on The Last Lap. Oh, the the piranhas are out on the text line at 87870. Those reporters, this is from the 504, those reporters do that because they simply don't respect our market at all. It's sad. Text from the 504, they're all reporting fake news. Here's one from the 985. If a national media talking head were smart, it would develop a reliable relationship with a local media person who is connected with the Pelicans. (laughs) We're having a little fun with another national reporter getting it wrong. This time it's Shefty. Adam Schefter going full. Mickey Loomis is running the Pelicans today. I'm not going to dwell on it. It's, it's just funny. Like, like I said, and I, I mean this, I'm just giving him, I'm giving him the business because I really like Adam Schefter. He's the best in the business in the NFL, in my opinion. But And so is Jackie McMullen. Like, these are all people that I just love. But they've just gotten it wrong way too often. Uh, Scott Kushner's uh, little MIA. So we're not going to have Scott Kushner, it doesn't sound like, uh, tonight. Second half of the hour, we got Daniel Sowerson. And also, I'll get into Kevin Durant and why he's a little selfish and soft here. But in the place of Scott Kushner, uh, it's my buddy Jake Madison. We're going to be playing some X-Wing this weekend, I think. Going to be gaming it up. Jake Madison, he was on Sports Talk earlier tonight. So here's a little of Nola Jake. We're actually going to stop. Uh, we're going to stop the conversation with Jake Madison. That was earlier again. Uh, in place of, of Scott Kushner, who called up, and by the way, everybody said he said he apologized. His phone was across the room, so we're going to get to, and that happens. I have been there actually. I think two weeks ago, I had an interview scheduled with somebody, and my phone was actually across the room too, so I missed it. So I get it. I get it. Our buddy Scott Kushner will be on later this week on the program. Thanks to Jake Madison and Sports Talk for that. Daniel Salerson, color analyst for the Pelicans, coming up next. Now, lots of NBA to talk about. We've got game six of the NBA Finals coming up on Thursday. And, of course, from a Pelicans perspective, boy, they've been front and center, not just here in the city and in the region, but across the country with the Anthony Davis trade talks with uh, Zion Williamson coming into town and the Pelicans next week going to make him the number one overall pick. This would be – I don't even know how to describe it. Somebody was asking me earlier (laughs) – on Twitter. Uh, how would you describe it if, if Zion wasn't the number one overall pick? Could you describe it in one word? I, I don't know. Catastrophic? Uh, uh, apocalyptic? I don't really know. That would be the, the surprise of all surprises if that doesn't happen. But it's going to happen, folks. 
going to happen. They don't fly him into town if that doesn't happen here. Also, Swin Cash hired by the team as a vice president of basketball operations. I talked about it yesterday, how great of a hire that was also. Let's bring on in Daniel Salerson of the Pelicans Radio Network to talk about it with us. At D. Salerson on Twitter. Daniel, what's going on, man? Been a while. How are you? It's been a while. Good to talk to you, my friend. Yeah. It's, boy, can you describe the feeling the last, I don't know, month, couple of months since David Griffin's hire around the Pelicans facilities, team headquarters, and, and how different it is from maybe even this time last year? It, it's It's been very exciting. And, look, it started with David Griffin's press conference when he was introduced. As soon as that press conference ended, you had the whole staff running around wanting to run through a brick wall just because you were so motivated with what he had to say and how you know what his plans were and he's backed that up with some of the hires you mentioned one of them that just happened uh yesterday with swin cash the hiring of Trajan langdon and then the new trainer in aaron nelson um it, it's been a heck of an offseason so far and we haven't even talked about any players that he's added so I'm hoping this is a sign of good things to come, but it's been a very exciting time around the office, that's for sure. Uh, how, how's Griffin to work with? Is he, is he as gregarious and forthcoming as he seems when he talks to us in the media? Yes, he, he's very open and honest with you, and he's not afraid to even talk to you and share some things with you. I've only had a couple of interactions with him, but I mean, even after he was introduced, he came into our office and did a one-on-one interview, and he was very open about it, and and very honest about the things. And, and you, you just, the way he talks, you believe everything you say, he says. And, that, and that's a good sign coming from the guy that's going to make a lot of important decisions coming up for the Pelicans. Uh, just so everybody knows out there, Daniel, because he's part of the team, he can't mention any players by name because we're going to stay away from that. But I am curious, Daniel, this is a very interesting time to be covering this team, especially internally, because this draft is so flexible because, yeah, we, we know what's going to happen with the one pick most likely, but we don't quite know exactly, well, who are they making trades with? Uh, you know, what picks could the Pelicans possibly, and players with those picks, could the Pelicans possibly come in? So just how, I guess, dynamic has it been when you're kind of analyzing this upcoming draft? It's been easy in some ways, shape, or form as far as the number one pick, but it's also tough for the standpoint that we don't know what's going to happen on draft night. We don't have any inclination, but I think from us internally, we are going to be prepared for that anything could happen. And I think that doesn't mean we have we can't ignore the rest of the draft, that we can't ignore you know, players in the top ten. You know, the Pelicans still have two draft picks in the second round or early for one and then late in the other one. You don't know whether they parlay those into maybe another pick, uh, potentially late first round. I mean, again, the skies are the limit for what could happen on draft night. We've seen a couple draft nights where there's been some big trades around the league. And so uh, it, it, for one part, it's, it's kind of easy because you anticipate what's going to happen at number one, but also it's tough because there could be some other people that could come to the fold and you just don't know yet. So um, it's been fun kind of reading up on some of these prospects and what they have to offer. And it's also kind of a, a nice and a fun unknown because you know of one thing that's going to happen, but there could be some other things that the Pelicans fans can be really excited about. When you're reading up on those prospects, I'm guessing you're having to dig a lot deeper than you had to in, in the previous years, Daniel. you got to get to cover everybody, right? For sure. Even those those early second round, late second round picks. Because, again, it, you're, I mean, you've seen it with the likes of Draymond Green and in like in and Mel, Mel, Malcolm Brogdon, excuse me, that you know even picks in the third in the late thirties are picks that could be beneficial to your team down the road. It, the success rate of those are not very high right now, but you just never know, and especially with the new regime, 
you know, they can look at a draft differently than than what others have looked at. So, yeah, it is interesting because you look at those guys and go, well, either they'll play in summer league, they could get invited to training camp. I mean, those are things that you, you kind of want to know a little bit more about them. So it does make you dig a little deeper when reading about certain guys that casual fans might not know about, but you might want to get to know in case they you know do make an impact for the Pelicans. It's Daniel Salerson of the Pelicans Radio Network with us at D. Salerson on Twitter. Um, and I know you can't get into specifics here, Daniel, but again, be yeah. honest with us. How, how much has your phone been blowing up with you know the, the trade talks of a you-know-who over the last couple of months? Is just like a daily you're just having to dodge calls from everybody? Not too many. Uh, there were a few, but I, I do think after the lottery happened, the Pelicans got the number one pick, the phone calls started to pick up a little bit. I think the first phone interview I did was with a station in Vancouver, which was pretty cool to do just because of the international flair that it had to offer as far as the excitement. Especially with number one pick, it is, and it, it's tough, you know, as far as things I can say and cannot say, but all I know is, you know, between now and, and even I uh, have the opportunity to go to Summer League this year, um, I, I'm just really excited. I've already been excited with what's, you know, happened already, but I'm even more excited to know that, you know, we're going to start to learn who could be on the Pelicans roster next season in the next couple of weeks, and I think that excites me the most. Swin Cash introduced today out at Pelicans camp, and uh, she was, again, one of the most sought-after front office personnel um, really in the country, and we kind of expected her to make the transition to the NBA sometime, and that it's here in New Orleans is pretty special. And and her accolades, I mean, you could run down this. We could just read you know, a, a bibliography of her uh, accomplishments and accolades. It'd take us all hour, Daniel, but have you been yeah. impressed by Swin? Oh, absolutely. She had a great conference call earlier today, so we got to know her a little bit. Um, kind of like with Trajan Langdon, I think she's going to wear many hats um, within this organization, whether it's scouting, whether it's player development, whether it's the relationships with the players. I think a lot of the players respect what she did on and off the court in the WNBA, what she did in the broadcasting field with Turner, um, a lot of the stuff that she does in the community. She does podcasting. Um, she has a, a wealth of knowledge on and off the court, and I think that's going to be beneficial. And we've seen it again with some of these hires, with Trajan Langdon being sought after uh, by a lot of teams when he did a lot of his things with the G League. And, of course, the Pelicans transitioning with a new G League team, that's certainly going to help. Um, and I think Swin is right up there with such a big hire. Again, that's what excites me the most is, you know, the excitement right now is based on, you know, front office personnel that the Pelicans have hired. So you can only imagine what potentially could happen as far as players on the court. But I think Swin is a huge uh, acquisition for the Pelicans. I think she's going to play a major role in, in this future for the Pelicans. So this player development, Daniel, that's a pretty broad brush that, that we paint with. Can you give yeah. our audience a picture of exactly what that means as far as Swin's concerned? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I'm just going based on what the conference call was. But, you know, I'm assuming, you know, there's a lot of stuff off the court that players have to deal with that I think that will be um, something that she will she will work with as far as player relations is concerned. And I'm sure just based on her, you know, what she did in the WNBA, winning the championship a few times and, and being an MVP, that, you know, I'm sure her development on the court with some of these players is going to be a crucial role. And, and I guess it, it might be a broad answer that I'm saying, but it could be a broad as far as what she is going to do for the Pelicans. And I think there's going to be a lot of things that she's going to do. But I think one of those is going to be kind of that relationship she builds with the players on and off the court, whether it's the day-to-day stuff that they go through um, as players, you know, transitioning rookies maybe and transitioning other players um, that are just getting into the NBA or what what has to happen with some of these guys. So 
Um, I may not have answered that to what you know you're asking, but I, I think it could be a broad stance. So there, there's a wide range of things she could do um, to help this team. Yeah, man. I guess that you, you kind of actually did answer my question there because a lot of people yeah. think Daniel. When you think player development, they think, well, you're working out in practice with the players. You're working on technique. It is actually player development off the field, right? Off the court, yeah. right? Like a lot of stuff out in the community, that kind of stuff. Yeah, community events. I mean, these players have you know you know, appearances that they have to make and there and there's things off the court that they have to deal with. Um, that I, there are some people that are, you know, in any organization that are there to help these these players make the transition, whether it's rookies, whether it's new players on the team, or whether it's veterans on the court that are dealing with new members of the squad. I think that's where Swin's experience comes into play, being in the WNBA, being a broadcaster in the NBA, and she's very knowledgeable and a lot of facets of the game, I think that's where her expertise is going to come in. So, yeah, it is more than on-the-court stuff. It's going to be a lot of off-the-court stuff, but I think that's where the value comes in with her. It's Daniel Salerson of the Pelicans Radio Network, color analyst, pardon me, there. Um, NBA Finals, let's talk a little finals here. What do you make of the series, man? It's been... I, it's been highly entertaining to me, especially, of course, that, that Game 5 that was just incredible, coming down to that Lowry shot from the corner to, to end it. Game five was really fun to watch just as a fan. You know, of course, you always want your team to be in there. Um, but just watching the series, the back and forth. And last night, both teams were throwing haymakers at the end. I was like, holy cow, what is happening? I thought for the Raptors, um, first off, it, it really was sad to see what happened with Kevin Durant. You never want to see a guy go down like that, especially with how hard he did the, the fight his way back to playing in that game, yet alone to see that injury happened. So it was really, you know, kind of a tough scene to watch knowing that we saw the same thing happen to DeMarcus Cousins just a couple of years ago. Um, I thought, one, it was a missed opportunity for the Raptors, and I know it's an emotional part, and I think that kind of was where the Warriors kind of picked themselves up and saying, hey, look, we this is a must-win. We have to get something done here, and that's where Steph and Clay took over, and that's what we've seen them for years. That as much as some team play, uh, some fans don't like watching them, they are so fun to watch and what they can do. And they showed last night that you know they are capable of winning whoever who, without with whoever is on the floor. And even though the team, at the Warriors, is safe to say that they do need Kevin Durant, um, Steph Curry and Clay showed why they're one of the best in the game. So I thought it was a, a missed opportunity for Toronto. But look, we we need to see how the Warriors react in game number six. There's a lot of emotion now being played out with the Kevin Durant situation. Also, Oracle Arena, it's, you know, it's the final game there. So with all that that buzz around them, how are the Warriors going to, you know, begin this game? Is it going to be a lot of emotion? And you might, they might be mentally fatigued and it helps Toronto, or they're going to come out firing, uh, knowing that this is the last game in Oakland and potentially could help them, you know, force a game seven. Heart of a champion, no doubt about it. Daniel yeah. Salerson, Pelicans Radio Network color analyst, and be sure to follow him on Twitter at D Salerson. Daniel, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, Seth. Anytime. All right, there he goes. And yeah, boy, exciting time. Can you imagine working inside the Pelicans organization right now? How fun would that be with everything going on? Zion, Anthony Davis, David Griffin, all of these hires. Gail Benson's behind this. You're the talk of the country. He's got to be having a lot of fun. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get to your phone calls. And we have a couple of open lines at 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. And why those who called Kevin Durant selfish and soft these last three years look pretty darn foolish now. We'll do that next. It's the last lap on WWL. Before I rip apart the Kevin Durant haters, let's go to the phone lines. JW in New Orleans. What you got tonight, JW? Hey, Seth, listen, thanks for taking my call. Two things 
Uh, I've heard all the rumors about AD's trade and who they think they're going to trade with, and, and they seem to think it's going to either be the Knicks or it's going to be the Lakers. Or I want to get your take on it. I really believe they are going to look to trade him to somebody in the Eastern Division. I hate to see him be traded to the West because it had to play him more. But let me know your thoughts on that. Secondly, I am very excited about what's happening with the Pelicans like I've never been before. And um, But the one thing, one criticism I have is that it's not on the big 870. It's not <laughs> on WWL. And you're the flagship station of New Orleans sports. There should, I mean, and I know that they used to broadcast on WWL. Mm-hmm. I think Sean Kelly is fantastic as a play-by-play announcer. He is, yeah. He's only, he is really great. I actually know him personally, but he is really great as a play-by-play. And, and basketball is one of the toughest ones to do, almost like hockey. Yeah, you hear, you, you hear Sean doing a lot of national stuff. JW's doing NBA playoff games. He's yes. also doing Major League Baseball games nationally now. It's pretty cool yes, stuff. Yes, he is, and that's a credit to him. And and we're lucky to have him. Yeah, we so are. Why not have him on top? Why not have that great voice on WWE. Uh, let, let me let me let me break it down. I'm gonna answer your I'll answer your second question first. Uh, I'll just say it's way above my pay grade, and those are multi year contracts. And um, the Pelicans are on one of our competitors, and uh, I know we miss John Kelly and the Pelicans here, but yeah, those are that's way above my pay grade. I don't even want to get into that. I'm gonna get myself in trouble either way, no matter what I say there. So I'll just say those are that's a, that's contract negotiations with people that. Um, are at higher salary levels than I am, uh, JW. Uh, on the first question about where do I think Anthony Davis is going to end up, I am with you. You said you expect him or want him to go to the Eastern Conference. I think it will be the Eastern Conference. With all the reports saying that David Griffin's preferred trade partner is Boston and the one asset that he covets the most is Jason Tatum. He's going to do everything to make that happen. Plus, he has a really good relationship with Danny Ainge. Now, whether that's a straight-up one-on-one deal just with Boston, I don't know. Maybe you have another franchise like maybe the Dallas Mavericks get involved here, and Dallas could send one of their young guys to New Orleans maybe in return for the 14th overall pick from Boston this year. My guess, if I had to guess right now, it is Boston, but this isn't like a major front runner. This isn't like the Warriors entering this final series as one-to-three favorites. It's, I don't know, let's say the Celtics are 40% favorites in my mind, maybe the Lakers at 30% and everybody else at about 30%. This is a close race. I I, I think it's incredibly fascinating to watch play out, but I do think the front runner is Boston and there are multiple reasons for that. And like you said, you want to get them out of the West, right? You You want AD to go over to the East. I gotta wonder if AD's, well... I don't want to take shots at AD. I'll just say that he seemed like a smart guy for most of his career. He probably is, regardless of how he's acted here the last few months. you got to think that he knows he can kind of carve out a legacy a little more in the Eastern Conference with the dearth of superstars there as compared to the West. Good stuff, JW. One more here, Pierre and Gentilly. What's going on, Pierre? Hey, what's going on, Seth? I wanted to thank you. For giving, let allowing me to get my take on Zion. I thought thing was probably like a day early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should have yeah. been today. <laughs> That's all right, dude. Uh, he was in town to, today, though. You're right. 
Yeah, just wanted to let you know I am so excited. I haven't been this excited in basketball, specifically NBA basketball, since growing up with, uh, you know, the Jordan era. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited. That long, huh? Else can do something. I'm, I'm that excited. Uh, set. Well, you should be from a Pelicans perspective. So you got to be ready for next week in the draft, right? Are you going to be at a party? Are you throwing a party, Pierre? Um, I don't. I might have to work that night, but I'm 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 going to be all ears. I'm telling you, I'm going to be all ears for it. All right. Well, we'll be here. So we'll listen on draft night. We'll be breaking it down. All right, Pierre. I sure will. Thank you, Seth. All right, you bet, Pierre in uh, Gentilly. That's going to be fun next week. Oh, it's going to be real fun. We'll take one more break. A little Kevin Durant coming up next. It's the last lap on WWL NBA Finals. It's one of the. Right now, anyways, and we don't know how it's going to wind up, but right now, it's one of the more memorable final series that I can remember for a variety of reasons. The injuries, Toronto, and the atmosphere up there, of course, them cheering Kevin Durant's injury adds a whole nother layer to that. You've got Drake, you've got the superstars, you've got the dynasty. It's been great. One guy who has been, and I don't know exactly why this is, one player for the Warriors who his entire career hasn't been given enough credit, but even in this series hasn't been given enough credit, is Clay Thompson. Here's Clay Thompson's line from these final series, this final series. 25 points a game, five rebounds, three assists. He's shooting 52% from the floor. He's shooting 57, 57% from three. And averaging just under 40 minutes a game. There's a case to be made that Clay Thompson, if the Warriors come back to win... He's the MVP of this series. Now, Clay was as devastated as anybody with Kevin Durant's injury. Kevin Durant tearing his Achilles injury by coming back early from injury. The the storyline the last three years or so from fans around Kevin Durant, and I have pushed back on this very hard since Kevin Durant signed with Golden State in free agency. The 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 comments by fans, and really the moronic comments by fans, in my view, that Kevin Durant will really be selfish, He's soft. He's a title chaser. The Warriors could win anything without him. They didn't need him. I thought that was all dumb previously, but it looks really dumb now, and we'll get into that in just a second. But Clay Thompson thinks that's dumb, and Clay Thompson was pretty emotional, as everybody else was when he was talking about KD's injury. Here's a little of Clay. And we have Bob Myers. We don't have the sound for this, but it, we'll see if we can found, uh, use it for our, our moment of zen if we, if we can find it. Um, but Bob Myers, the general manager, also breaking down in tears, talking about Kevin Durant being the most misunderstood player in the NBA, how good of a guy he is off the court, how unselfish he is, how much he cares about his teammates. And here's the thing with this social media landscape that we live in and the Twitterverse where everybody wants to – stay glued in front of their keyboards or their phones and type out 240 characters or so about every little thing that happens and think that they have the right to take unwarranted shots at guys like Kevin Durant. How many people, and you've seen this and maybe you've taken part in this, tweeted, posted stuff on Facebook, snapped, whatever it is, Kevin Durant is selfish. He's not a team player. He only cares about himself. He's soft, doesn't play through injury, doesn't care about his team, only care about his rings. Maybe he doesn't want to come back to these finals because he's more worried about how much money he's going to make in unrestricted free agency this year. How dumb do those takes look now? Seriously, for three seasons, 
I have heard nothing but that kind of crap. And I pushed back on it hard on this show. Like Kevin Durant morphed from one of the great guys in the NBA that everybody loved, one of the good dudes off the court, one of the great teammates on the court when he was in Oklahoma City. And all of a sudden, because you're upset that he goes to a team that had already won a championship but lost a second one, then now he's selfish and he's soft? I mean, it's crazy. You had a guy coming back early from an injury, risking further injury to himself. And we always use that term. Well, he's risking injury to come back. Well, this is what we mean with that. He's risking injury and risked injury to come back, and it came back to bite him. I don't think this is anybody's fault. I don't think it's the medical staff's fault from what we know. I don't think it's the Warriors' fault. I don't think it's Kevin Durant's fault because he wanted to come back and play and win another title. But Kevin Durant is about as far from selfish and soft as it gets. He can... It could have cost himself tens of millions of dollars, possibly more than that, after this Achilles injury that sometimes is a career killer for people. So if you're one of those people that has hated on Kevin Durant and has tweeted out these nonsensical things about him, just get back off. And you might want to do some scrubbing of your Twitter timeline because you're going to look pretty foolish after what happened last night up in Toronto. Got one more hour of the program. Going to talk a little Women's World Cup. Ben Mintz on the program. Roger Gonzalez of CBS Sports. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.